Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga and the creator of the Momentum Magic Method, showing you the way to becoming a confident teacher who seamlessly shares cues and easily creates sequences, whose classes feel like events, who understands anatomy and who shares their passion in a unique and authentic way. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into the episode. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian. I am your host, and this is episode 240. I am recording this episode on Thursday. It is May 11th. I'm sorry. Yes, May 11th, and 2023, and this will go live on Monday the 15th. And I'm super excited that you're here. Today is going to be a fun episode because I was thinking the other day with people listening to audiobooks so much and the fact that I actually have two books that I sell on Amazon and my website, I thought it might be interesting to read a little bit from one of my books about a topic that you might be interested in. This is a topic that is sort of always seemingly on the minds of teachers when they begin to teach. And I'm not going to read literally from the book. I'm going to use the chapter as a guideline. Although think of it sort of like if you had an audiobook version of my book, <laughs> which I actually never created one. So you can only use the book in its hard copy format. But I figured since I have the podcast, it's a great way to give you a taste of what's in the book, and I'll give you a little framing for the name of the book and what it covers in general. So with that, let me give you that background. So the name of the book is Stretched, Build Your Yoga Business, Grow Your Teaching Techniques. And the reason I wrote this book back in 2014 is it was right around the time that I had been working for myself for a number of years. I began working for myself in 2009. I left a corporate job, a six-figure corporate job. Life was very comfortable. I bought, you know, whatever I wanted without looking at price tags. I traveled frequently. It was a very different lifestyle. And when I began teaching yoga on the side, I knew it was my dharma and I knew it was what I wanted to do full-time. And when I began to teach full-time, it was only after a year of mapping out a plan to make it happen. And despite my best efforts, I fell into a tremendous amount of debt, about $30,000 of debt. And I needed to go back to my job to pay off some of that debt. And so I did that, sort of kicking and screaming, and I kept teaching yoga on the side. And then when I reemerged, back into teaching for myself in more of a full-time basis, it was then that I really reshaped my business and enhanced it in a number of different ways so that it could be more sustainable. And so one of the things after I had been 
working for myself for a number of years, I wanted to do is share a lot of what I had learned on that path, on that journey, on that um, path of building a sustainable business or a more sustainable business. And by sustainable, I mean one that was making money and enough money to support me because I, I didn't have a partner that was supporting me. And especially with regard to the debt that I had built up, I had learned a hard lesson about approaching my yoga business by putting all my eggs in one basket of someone else's brand. And I sort of vowed that if I could prevent another teacher from doing that, I wanted to do that as a way to at least have yoga teachers aware of the options that are out there for them. And so at the time in, let's say 2013, maybe towards the end of 2012, self-publishing books was really just emerging as an avenue for would-be authors. And of course, at that time, it was, you know, we were in the thick of social media and, and a lot of newspapers, you know, having online components. However, it pretty much, the publishing industry was still pretty much a very robust thing. And so people still were sending manuscripts to publishers and pitching proposals to publishers. And I sort of didn't need to have a big publishing house behind my book. I really just wanted to get the information out there. So at that point, self-publishing was really starting to pick up steam. And for me, it was super easy for me to put written word to paper. And so that was how I ended up writing my first book, which is this book. And I went on to write another book as well. And I self-published them on Amazon and you can buy them uh, if you're interested. The other book is called Structure and Spirit. So this particular book really was born out of my desire to share a bit of my journey with other teachers, in large part to help them with understanding. And so what I wanted to do is have a way to share both teaching um, strategies and, and teaching uh, techniques, as well as business techniques. And so that was the inspiration for the book, Stretched, Build Your Yoga Business, Grow Your Teaching Techniques. And the, top, um, the title, Stretched, is a play on words because while, of course, stretched and stretching is part of teaching yoga in terms of what we are helping our students do, when we go into business for ourselves, or even if we're teaching on the side and building a business on the side, that's stretching ourselves in a way. There is a stretch to that. We're stretching beyond what we think we might be capable of. There's a transformative quality to that experience. And so I, I really want you to appreciate that the title of the book, Stretched, and your experience as a yoga teacher is so far beyond just stretching the physical body. It's also stretching you in lots of other ways. And I'm sure I don't even need to tell you that because I'll bet in your, in, on your path so far as a teacher, you've probably had your self-image sort of maybe poked around a little bit, your self-confidence, maybe what you think about yourself, maybe you're questioning if you even should be teaching, if you know enough. I mean, it is a bit of a mind 
thing when you go into being a yoga teacher. It is, um, it's really, I don't want to say it's like therapy, but we really learn a lot about ourselves when we decide to teach yoga. And when we continue to teach yoga, even through those difficult times where we are questioning whether or not we know enough to be teaching, when we are worrying that our students don't like our classes, when we get caught up in um, just self-confidence problems and challenges, those are the times that we're really called upon to continue forward and to see ourselves through those challenges. And I hope that as you bump up against these challenges, you're able to see your way through it. Uh, of course, if you're finding that you are at a point right now where frustrations are high, where challenges are many, and you're not sure whether or not you're going to continue to teach, I want you to send me a DM on Instagram, and I'd be happy to connect with you and talk with you about where things are at and see if we can't come up with uh, a better way. So having said that, let me just share some of the information that I wanted or some of the ideas I wanted to share with you today. And I thought what I would do is focus on identifying and evaluating yoga teaching opportunities and pricing your classes, because this is an area that really gets into not just the making money aspect, but how you get yourself out there. And so this conversation will focus on providing guidelines for seeking out yoga teaching opportunities. I'm going to give you information on how to find jobs, how to evaluate the nature of opportunities from a variety of perspectives, not just rate of pay, and give you other avenues for teaching yoga outside of the traditional studio teaching jobs. And so let's kind of start out with this idea of here you are, you graduated from your teacher training program. And while you may have some technical skills to teach a yoga class, you may not understand how to find a teaching job. Some of your teacher training programs out there may offer you a chance to teach at their studio. Some of them don't. Some of them, once you graduate, you don't really have any further interaction with the teacher unless you're taking classes there. So for many teachers, when they graduate from their teacher training, they're sort of out there on their own. Unlike other industries, the yoga community has really not established much of the same job-seeking infrastructure that most other industries have. That is to say, studios rarely, if ever, have a job-seeking page on their website, there aren't headhunters or recruiters that assist a teacher in finding a job, and many yoga jobs are not posted on job boards or other generally used job seeker websites. I will say I do see a number of job opportunities on Indeed, so if you go on Indeed, you will find them there. Uh, but overall, as a result, new teachers are left to develop a network for the purpose of finding a job. Many times, teachers will contact a studio only to hear we only hire teachers that graduate from our own teacher training program. I've heard that. Have you ever heard that? Oh my goodness. This can be discouraging and can lead to feelings of confusion and resentment and even jealousy towards teachers that do teach in these studios. So if you have heard that, please don't fret. It's definitely something to just say, okay, thanks. See you next time and, and just move on. Also, teachers that graduate from specialty programs or those that wish to focus on their teaching in certain areas, besides adult classes, let's say, 
face a bigger challenge because they most likely won't be teaching in a general studio. The teacher that wishes to teach outside of a studio needs to work even harder to generate leads and opportunities to teach, and in many cases may be the first person to be contacting a location regarding teaching yoga. So you may have come across this if you want to teach um, people with physical disabilities or children or uh, people in assisted living centers or people that are homeless or people that are uh, in recovery. You know, a lot of the community services that help people like this have probably never had yoga. So you might be the first person contacting them. So here are some general tips to start your job search process. Number one, start with your yoga teacher training program. The yoga community is based on interpersonal connections, and even more so since there is very little established in terms of formal job search processes, going back to your original teacher training is a great place to start. Before you graduate, and I'd even suggest you include this as part of the process to evaluate a potential teacher training, ask the lead teacher how the program will help you find a job. If the program is hosted at a particular studio, find out what opportunities exist to teach there. If there are opportunities to volunteer your time at the studio where you did training or be an assistant in class, do it. Even those jobs that are non-paying are great ways to develop relationships and be available when opportunities arise. Another idea is to contact studios near your home. One of the biggest challenges for yoga teachers is getting from class to class. The more you can decrease your travel time, the more teaching you can do with less stress and loss of income. Because remember, you're not getting paid for travel time. Find yoga studios that are near your house and contact them directly. The fact that you're close by will be an advantage to them as well. The next thing, develop a network of teachers. Start with your fellow graduates from teacher training. Add in mentors you regularly contact and from whom you take class. Include the names of studio owners you contact. Maintain their information in an Excel spreadsheet on your computer. Look on the website of your teacher training school and find other graduates of the program. Use Facebook and other social media to find other teachers that teach your style of yoga. Include all of these names in your database. Another idea here is to use indeed.com to find posted jobs. I mentioned them before. Yoga studios, while they do not often have a job opportunity page on their website, may post jobs on Indeed. Also, non-studio teaching jobs may be found on other sites like corporate wellness jobs or jobs in other non-studio locations. So that's an idea there as well. Contact teachers that are currently on staff at local studios to find out how they were hired. So go to other studios in your area, do a little checking up and see if you can chat with some other teachers that work there and find out how they were hired. It might be a great way to make a connection. Ask to be on the sub list at local studios. That sort of speaks for itself. Attend workshops. Really do some research in your area about studios and workshops and go to workshops. Get a sense of the vibe of the studio. Is this a place you'd like to teach? Get to know the teacher running the workshop. These are all things you can do to start to develop relationships. Become a savvy social media user. 
Social networking has changed the way we all meet and make business connections. And of course, LinkedIn, I didn't mention that. That might not work as well, but that might be something to try anyway. Um, and, you know, for those, you know, I know that sometimes that I don't know how you feel about this, but if you are sort of naysayers about the time wasting aspect of social networking, just think of it as at least a way to build some new connections. As a new yoga teacher, connect to as many fellow teachers as possible, especially if they're in your area. Connect to studios, post information about what you're looking for and what you're interested in doing. Answer any email you get promptly and in a friendly manner. Be professional. Write every post with a sense that it would be safe for anyone to read. It's a great source of networking. Another idea is to offer your services for free. Look for opportunities to offer free classes at work sites, friends' homes, parties, wellness conferences, road races, and other community events. Anything you do is an opportunity to make a connection and to be seen as a wellness expert in the field of yoga. So this next section is about locating specific non-studio teaching jobs. So if you're interested in teaching outside a studio setting, it can be sometimes a little daunting to try to identify where you might teach. So here are some ideas for locations that may be interested in having a yoga teacher visit to offer classes. Remember, one of the advantages to teaching in these settings is you will be the only one negotiating the details of your class and your class may be the only class offered. This often can help you negotiate a higher rate of pay and you can be a resource for general wellness rather than only be access for teaching classes. So the first one is schools, preschools, grade schools, high schools, colleges are all option. Kids of all ages need yoga. They're more stressed than ever and overwhelmed with life. Secondly, it's hard to find a common time to offer a class in a neighborhood studio and get a good turnout. I can certainly speak to that. Once you bring the yoga to them, you don't have to worry about scheduling. They're already there. Talk to the principal or director and make your pitch. Nonprofits. There are many nonprofits that serve children. The Boys and Girls Club, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and walking clubs, sports clubs, ski clubs, basically any sports group that hosts sporting activities might find yoga useful before or after their events. Another idea is mothers associations and women's club. Women are a great, um, uh, I was going to say resource, but a group of people to approach for yoga services, especially when they are associated with clubs and associations for moms. They um, just have challenges around balancing their own needs with those of their families. They're ripe for wanting to do something healthy, but hard pressed to find a way to squeeze in the time. If your neighborhood has a mother's association, meet with the group's leader. Women's clubs may meet in your neighborhood. See if you can attend a meeting to do a demonstration. So that's another idea. Other general ideas are places like homes for seniors, assisted living centers, golf clubs, local parks, local businesses, physical therapy offices. More and more therapists are referring their patients to yoga. So think about bringing yoga to them. And then the last one is holistic wellness centers. So these are all different, almost different business silos that you can use as a springboard to branching out into different areas. So the last thing I want to cover here is setting the rate. 
once you have a conversation with an initial conversation with one of these businesses, you're going to get into a conversation if they're interested in hiring you around money. And so before you even call them, it's really important that you are crystal clear on what your rate schedule is. So think about something around $100 or $125 an hour and use that as a baseline and then work from there. So you might need to add in for travel time. You might need to add in for any specialty class they want you to teach. Have all of that clear before you have that first conversation with them so that when the subject of money comes up, you're not caught on your heels. You can really clearly say what your rates are. And another thing to think about before you get on the phone is, are you willing to negotiate that rate if they say that they cannot pay that rate or afford that rate? And then the last thing is to have a standard agreement that they sign off on and you sign off on that clarifies everything about the engagement. How many classes they're going to be? Are you going to bring equipment? Are they going to provide equipment? If it's in a business setting, where will it be? And most importantly, how will you be reimbursed? How will you be paid? Have all of that clarified up front so that you're not teaching classes and then finding out that it's going to be six weeks for you to get paid. I always ask people up front what the payment arrangements are. And unless there's some really complex, like some hospitals I've worked for and some nonprofits, they do pay um, several weeks after I teach the classes. And that's just one of the downsides of having those engagements. I really prefer to get paid the day of the class or get paid in advance for a group of classes. I really don't as a small business owner like to wait to be reimbursed. But sometimes the opportunity is good enough that I am willing to submit an invoice and wait several weeks to be paid. You just want to have all of that clarified up front. So I hope this was helpful for you. If you have any questions about this episode, any questions about pursuing these business opportunities, please reach out to me in the DM on Instagram and let me know. If you'd like to order a copy of the book, you can just go right on Amazon and they'll ship it to you directly. And then the last thing I'll just remind you of, if you didn't hear in the last episode, I now have added a certification piece to my program. So when you work with me, you will be certified in anatomy and teaching. Being certified means it's an additional step that you have taken to work with a mentor who validates and confirms that you are learning anatomy and that you can demonstrate your knowledge of anatomy and also the application of that knowledge to your teaching skills in the area of cueing and sequencing. I have run my program for many years and adding this certification layer onto it allows me to support you even more and allows you to know that you're actually learning the information and learning how to apply it to teaching. This is what will increase your confidence and increase your impact. So if you'd like to know more about becoming a certified teacher, working with me one-on-one -on -one inside my program, just send me a DM with the word certification and I'll send you an application to complete. And from there, we'll get on the phone. I can tell you more about it and we can get you enrolled. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. 
I'll speak with you again on the next one here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And the fact that you're still here and still listening is not lost on me. So thank you so much. Couple of things. If you have any questions, please contact me. Send me what your questions are directly to my Instagram DM. You can find me there at Bare Bones Yoga. The next thing I hear so much from yoga teachers that they want to be confident. They want to feel more confident. They don't want to have that nervous feeling in their stomach when they get up to teach. They don't want to stumble over their words. They want to create sequences fast and not spend so much time writing out their sequences and practicing their sequences. And they so much want to just walk around the room rather than being tied to the mat and practicing the entire sequence with their class. If any of this hits home for you and you want to develop into a more confident, authentic teacher in the next 30 days, I want you to DM me confident teacher heard it on the podcast, and I will show you exactly how you can get there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.